2: What is going on, Rotor Runners? Welcome back to the Best Ball Hot Take Show presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'm your host,ing Dean, uh, joined today by the usual suspects, batting first, leading off. It's a uh, ownership pro- projection extraordinaire, the uh, master. Of pr- if you like anything we do with here at RGA, Jamino almost definitely has his hands in it behind the scenes, but also a very, very fine fantasy player in his own right. It's uh, Christopher Jamino. What's going on, dude?
3: About to head off to the great state of New Jersey. And register for some fantastic best ball conference contests in underdog fantasy. I can't play here in Pennsylvania, Dean, but they let me register in New Jersey. I'm gonna I'm I'm pulling the siege. I'm gonna go to the Chili's
2: and I'm gonna register for some best ball. Do so you have to go to Chili you can go to like a gas station, can't you? Or like a rest area or something? You don't have to go to Chili's or get the Wi Fi, I suppose. I'm going wherever I can get
3: an underdog, Dean. Underdog <laughs> Fantasy is fantastic.
2: <laughs> uh, beer uh chris prince you guys know chris prince beer makers fan from a lot of things here at the runner runners uh uh on our youtube link by the way feel free to like and subscribe i do appreciate that of course also beer is a former Fanduel live final champion beer how's the uh, how's things for you in your life how are things in the best ball streets
4: very good i mean i'm gonna go to my bathroom and do a, a draft later and maybe sit at some uh, i got softball later i'm gonna do a draft there so uh, and, and Jamino, if you're gonna do it, do it big. You're gonna do the seeds. You got to go to Chili's. You, you got to do the whole the whole shebang.
2: So, I'm good, Dino. How are you, my man? I'm doing well. This is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, not Chili's, for the record. Uh, just, <laughs> but if you, what's your favorite Chili's app? You have a favorite Chili's go to app there, uh, beer? Is it one kind of pop for you?
4: I have not been to a Chili's, and I can't tell you the last time. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what's on, on the Chili's menu anymore. So. I always was a fan of those, uh, I forget the chicken tender things they had, but uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been to Chili's. So so maybe I'll, uh, I will i want Jamito to sit by himself at a Chili's. Maybe I'll hit a Chili's and uh, we can jump in a draft.
3: No, I have my first hot take of the show. I will never go to Chili's again, but I will
2: register for underdog fantasy again. Tell me, okay. Well, tell us about Underdog Fantasy. By the way, uh, last time I was at Chili's was uh, for the Dundies. It was a long time ago. I try to block it out, but uh, chips and sauce are like two bucks. That's that's what I recall. I think that's pretty fair, pretty reasonable. But uh, Underdog Fantasy, best ball, to you know, if people are not aware, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have watched many of our shows. What we do here is we knock out five teams. We're gonna talk about five teams. Did five teams last week? Five teams the week previous. You can go ahead and find uh you know all that on the channel and of course things are fluid and all that and we kind of meld into other teams as we're talking about the five main teams. They're the Chargers, the Jets, Jacksonville, the Raiders, Detroit. It's a hell of a five teams. What a great collection we're rolling out for you guys today. Jamino, uh for the uninitiated, again most people probably are aware, but what is best ball if they're not uh, you know, if they don't I, I, I don't I play fantasy. I play DFS season long, but I don't know what best ball is. What is best ball?
3: Sure. So you're gonna draft a set group of players who you're not going to be able to make transactions against. No trades, no waiver wire pickups, no actions to do. Once the draft is done, you're done. So you want to draft a team of guys that are going to be firing at your available roster slots to try to make their way in based on the best possible scores of the week. You don't have to set your lineup. The software will automatically put in the best possible scoring combination of the players that you have. Of course, you've got things to contend with there, you know, guys getting hurt. You got to contend with guys who don't have necessarily wide ranges of outcomes, don't have, "Quote unquote" spike week potential. So you're ideally trying to make a roster of teams that reaches the top of your division. You're not interested in sort of median type of outcomes. Making the playoffs doesn't matter. You really want to get to the tippy top and try to construct your rosters to win after a 16 week season.
2: Yeah, Rob Appeal style, uh, set it and forget it. Uh, Best Ball leagues on Underdog Fantasy. They have them from three dollars to a hundred dollars, including the signature Best Ball Mania tournament. You can turn twenty five dollars. Uh, into $200,000. It's a $1 million prize pool. Now $25 is too much for you? Uh, no worries. Uh, there's a brand new tournament out there right now, $100K as far as total prize pool, $20K to first. You can get that uh, for $5. So you can turn $5 into $20K take that down. That's underdogfantasy.com. Uh, if you're on Team Android, if you're on Team iOS, doesn't matter either way. It works for iOS and for Android. Beer. Uh, your thoughts, uh, if you want to kind of add to that, feel free. And we also want to just got to jump back to the show last week and just kind of clean up what went down with Washington. Uh, Geis is no longer on that team. We did not like him last week. Do we like anything else? Okay, now that he's gone, do we care about Washington's backfield or still it's just sort of a mess? So,
4: real quick on Underdog, the, the beauty of it, it's super easy to use. You know, it, it's from the the makers of draft. A lot of people are familiar with the draft apps. Uh, it was, was sad to see it go. No, you know there was a lot of. A speculation on why it went away, why it was never brought back. Well, here we go. We we get another shot with with underdog. So uh, you can knock a draft out in, in a matter of minutes. So uh, very quick, very easy to use, and great for people that are busy. You know, and they don't have time for waivers and trades and and all the other stuff that goes along with a league. So set it, forget it, swing for the fences is my my biggest piece of advice I can give you. You play it safe. That's no fun. We're not playing this game to play it safe. Hit some damn home runs uh, and swing big. So. Speaking of home runs, I think there's a shot here that that Antonio Gibson could be that swing for the fences. Now, you, you may end up uh, strike one, strike two, strike three around the bench, but uh, I think there is some upside here. The issues, the, the first issue was, you know, a crowded running back room. We've removed Darius Geis from that room. As far as Geis, none of us really liked him and it kind of sucks. It, it, it's just a name that you were hopeful other people would draft and one of your guys would slide down the list. So we lose that. But uh, as far as Gibson goes, you know, it's really him and Adrian Peterson. I I think uh, really in this, in this backfield and Adrian Peterson is that safe guy. Like, yeah, he's going to get work. He, he might score six touchdowns, but Gibson's a guy that's electric. You get the ball in his hands. He can make things happen, but very limited sample there as well. So don't really know how this is going to play out. Don't really know if he can be that electric in the league, but we've talked about this team a lot and, Terry McLaurin, really the only name that, that, that comes up and we get excited about. So there's room for somebody else to be a playmaker here. Maybe that's Antonio Gibson. Maybe it's not. But that's a swing for the fences that I'm willing to make, especially uh, in some of these best ball manias, some of the bigger tournaments where you need those late round home runs. I think he's got to be a guy in that grouping for you.
2: All right, Beer, open it up for us. Uh, first team on the docket here today, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, our pre-show conversation was uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Hebert. Any relation to Bobby? We don't think so. Uh, of course, top draft pick there. Uh, but, you know, Tyrod Taylor, he's a DFS darling. He was a few years ago. Ty God, T-Mobile, not really sure which nickname you prefer. They're both pretty fun. Uh, let's start the quarterback position. What are we doing? We're, are we assuming it's going to be Taylor's job? And then maybe at some point he kind of hands it over to Herbert. Uh, and how do we handle that in best ball?
4: Yeah, as far as quarterbacks, it feels very much like the Cleveland situation where, where Tyrod's the guy. Uh, he may get four, five, six weeks, but eventually I think they turn this over to Justin. Bear, Herbert, whatever the hell you want to call him. We know <laughs> Herbert's the right way to say it, but we're going to go with Abear just for the hell of it. But I, I think they spent such a high pick on him that, that they're going to want to get him involved. Uh, this is a team that, that, really worries about the fans and what they're thinking. And it just feels like one of those organizations is not very well run. So we know the fans are going to be clamoring for this guy. So to me, it's only a matter of time uh, before it's Justin bear behind center there for the Chargers. But all in all, a 10,000-foot view, I'm not very high on this team. And maybe that's why we've saved uh, these teams towards the end. You know, this is the, the outcast of the league offensively. I don't know what makes me more nauseous. This list of teams are thinking about eating anything at Chili's. But uh, back to the Chargers. <laughs> really, Austin Eckler is probably the guy that that I'm most interested in. Now it's it's going to be interesting to see where he lands, and he you know it depends on some people love him, some people say it was a fluke last season. Who is the other running back going to be? Is it is it Justin Jackson? Is it Joshua Kelly? Uh, how many t- touches is Eckler going to get per game? He's really the only guy that I, that I can see. Repeating what he did last season, or coming close to it, uh, even without Philip Rivers. You know, Tyrod's not a guy that's going to wing the ball uh, down the field. He's going to have his opportunities, you know, in the short passing game. So I like Eckler. The pass catchers beyond that, I think, are overpriced right now. I think Keenan Allen's one of the most overpriced receivers uh, oh. out there right now, and, and he's been solid. He's been fantastic, but I just can't see him getting anywhere near the targets that he's been getting. Over the last few seasons, Hunter Henry, the same thing. We know Phillip rivers loves to target the tight end. It was a big part of the offense. How much is Tyrod Taylor and, and Justin Abair going to use the tight end here? So uh, I think these guys are just overpriced. Uh, that, that That's the hot take here is Keenan Allen's being overdrafted. Hunter Henry's being overdrafted and Eckler. I like him, but
2: he's about right, right where he should be. As far as ADP goes. If it wasn't clear that this is not sponsored by Chili's uh, beer, took some shots there. It's not sponsored by Chili's anymore, <laughs> baby. Underdog is the clear sponsor here. I just wanted to make that clear. Just received a call in my ear. Uh, Jimena, uh quarterback situation, do we really care about this as far as the best ball? Do we see any upside or, you know, it's a last pick, I suppose. Dart, any interest in these quarterbacks? And then, of course, well, I want to get to the the conversation as far as uh, Alan. The beer is not a fan, and he's always one of those kind of steady Eddies. Austin Eckler, if like his Twitter game or his Instagram game or his pictures have anything to say about it, he used to be, used to be RB1 as far as I'm concerned. But I guess you don't get any fantasy points for that. Uh, Beer, you're, you're formerly a part of Beer uh, Bill's Mafia, So I know you got to be a fan at some point, I suppose, of, of Ty God. But uh, what are we doing here at quarterback and then spread it out as far as Eckler? Is he kind of where he should be around 13 when it comes to running backs?
3: I think Eckler is probably right. You know, he's right at cost right now. I think that if you can draft him in the second round, by all means go ahead and do so. And it's you know, again, half halfway PPR formats are fine. You rather have them in a in a full PPR format, I think, that Austin Eckler is going to have a tough time running the ball behind this offensive line in twenty twenty. But as far as passing work is concerned, I've I've seen concerns that maybe that could trickle down without Phillip Rivers as the quarterback. But I look at the deep ball rates. Of Philip Rivers and Tyrod Taylor from 2016, 2017, back in those years with Buffalo, it's it's not not that far apart. So you know, I don't I don't know that we're going to be necessarily seeing a ton of of difference in as far in you know the raw volume of passing targets. The Chargers know what they have with Eckler; they're going to deploy him uh, with that in mind. They have a relatively easy schedule, fifth easiest based on Vegas implied totals uh, across the entire league. You look at the schedule, scroll through the first twelve weeks, and you can start to see four, five, six. Seven wins, so I'm not necessarily concerned about them moving the ball, scoring offensively as much as I think some people are. I'm just sort of not taking a hot take approach with the Chargers. You know, Keenan Allen, I'll take him if he falls. I have him probably lower than you know than a lot of people do. I think I have him like well, wide receiver 24 or something like that. Like I don't I don't have an aggressive stance on Keenan Allen, but uh, you know, I'm not necessarily will, willing to outright dismiss him. Now, Hunter Henry, I will. I, I just think that I'm not looking to draft a tight end in the range of where Hunter Henry has been going in a lot of drafts. But, you know, as I go through my m- most recent best ball drafts, he keeps falling down the list. I-, I think we'll talk about a tight end. I want a lot more here later in this show, just at cost. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not really willing to draft a guy like Hunter Henry. I just want to, you know, if I'm not taking one of the top guys, I'm probably just going to wait, you know, into the double digit rounds and he doesn't fit that build at all.
2: Yeah. Both of you guys, not a big fan of Henry. And I'm seeing he's kind of sort of a no man's land where he's not in the top tiers, obviously. And he's not like the, the late round, Dary's is kind of sort of in the middle. Uh, if I say a bunch of names, uh, any of these guys that you would take Henry over, they're kind of sort of in the same grouping: uh, Evan Ingram, Higby, yeah. Gronk, Jared Cook, Noah Fant.
4: I, I, I that's where you're kind of okay. Cook you know, the cooks, the fans of the world. Uh, you know, that's where I would think about pulling the trigger. But I'm with Jamino. It's kind of a, a dead zone here. If I don't go, Kittle. Kelsey, maybe even Andrews if he falls far enough. The next group of five, six, seven guys, uh, I'm fine letting them pass and then uh, getting into the, those tight ends like Gasecki, Dallas Goddard. I'll take Hayden Hurst over Hunter Henry. I don't know if that's a hot take anymore, but uh, I'll, I'll go that far with Hunter Henry. I just – I don't see the upside for him. And this, this whole group of tight ends is kind of the same. You know, they have different levels of question marks. Ingram, can he stay healthy? Gronk, we don't know what the hell he's going to be. Higby, is it the guy we saw at the end of the year or the guy that couldn't beat out Gerald Everett? So uh, this whole group has a lot of question marks, and Hunter Henry's included in that.
2: Beard, where do you have Keenan Allen? Uh, Do you have your rankings up in front of you? I know I do. Uh, Why does he sound twenty six? And Do you mean that's kind of sort of where you're at, more or less, like 25, 24?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm at 24 right now. Um, Due for a rankings update here, but I still don't see him going – too much farther down.
2: I mean, you, you prefer a McLaurin, right? Last year, I know you're a big fan of his. Yeah, you take McLaurin over him.
3: Yeah, basically most of the young ascending X-alpha guys, A.J. Brown, Sutton, Chark, McLaurin, Metcalf, you know, Cal- even Calvin Ridley. I mean, you know, I'm ahead of those guys versus a guy like Keenan Allen right now. And, I think, and again, I think it's just because I don't know, if, you know, while I still think he'll get plenty of targets in this offense, there's really not that many other places to go. I just don't think we're going to see the 10, 11 – 12, 13 types of target games we were seeing with Phillip Rivers. I don't think he's going to get force-fed in the same exact way with Tyrod.
2: Does anybody like anything better than the market on the Chargers, Mike Williams? Or it just seems like you guys are sort of like, nah, this is just this team. If it kind of sort of falls to me in its slight value and and I need a, you know, and if I need a running back, I guess, you know, in the right spot, I'll take Eckler. But you're not jumping. You're not pouncing for it. This is the the message I'm getting at least here. Uh, Mike Williams, worth throwing him out there. Is he, uh, you know, probably – around 50 as far, as far as the receivers. Is that good? Is that bad? Is that about right? Uh, I'm probably lower on him as well. It,
4: it's just a team I'm not overly excited about. So I'm trying to find my Mike Williams rank here. I'm, I'm scrolling. I have him wide receiver 55, so okay. I, I'm nowhere near anything. And, and Keenan Allen, if he falls far enough, I mean, it, and I have him as a early wide receiver three, I'm not going to get him as my wide receiver three, but if that were to happen, I, I'm okay with it. it. It feels like more of a floor play, never been a big touchdown maker. You got to think the targets drop in the offense. You know, Hunter Henry's going to get some targets. Eckler's going to get targets. Williams, I mean, it's not like there's nobody else around where he's going to gobble up a million targets. So I, I would rather shoot for upside with Will Fuller over Keenan Allen. So, again, I, I don't know how hot of a take that is, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at with him right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, Justin Jackson, in case something happens to Eckler or whatever. I mean, do you have anything for me, Jimmy? No, I, I want to ask, like, the you know, the guy you're most likely to draft in this team, the guy you're least likely to draft. I get the least likely, but. Is there anybody you're most likely to draft here? It's just probably nobody.
3: Oh, it's, it's Eckler by quite a pretty good sizable margin here. Like I'm, I mean, I just drafted Eckler. Like I'm definitely willing to take Eckler if, if he's available as the best available option towards the end of round number two, but you know, Mike Williams, no thanks. I, I you know, I, I'm just looking like, when is Mike Williams going to ascend to multi, you know, the number one possible option? I don't, I don't, I mean, I think he's just going to be his role the entire year regardless, as long as he's healthy. So I think that you're, looking at better options at his cost he'd have to fall quite a bit before I'm looking to take him.
2: Uh, Beer, same uh, same question. Basically, the player you're most likely to draft, player you're least likely to draft. It sounds like it's Eckler just by default, but he's still perfectly fine. You know, is, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah.
4: Eckler's not a guy I'm going to gonna reach for and, and grab in the early second round. If he's there, you know, late second at the 2-3 turn, okay, I'm happy about it. If I miss out on him, oh, well, uh, least likely to draft the rest of this team. I mean <laughs> – I think you could take a – shot if you have a strong stance on Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly, what guy it's going to be, I think that could be a valuable role. I think it might be both guys uh, chipping in here. So they're, they're just going to eat away at each other's values. So uh, outside of that, I don't want Allen. I don't want Williams. Not high on Henry. Uh, those running backs, super, super late. And uh, even that is a, is a pretty big dart throw.
2: All right, up next, J-A-T-S, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, Jamina, let's start with uh, Le'Veon Bell because he seems like a guy that, um, you know, got paid, wasn't really good. Uh, there's supposedly, you know, he you know, he's reinvigorated. He's talked about it. He knows, like, people don't like him, it seems, in the fantasy industry. He's well aware of this. I saw him talking about it. Uh, is the hate too far around running back 20? Is there actual value in that?
3: I think I struggle with the coaching staff, with the acquisition of Frank Gore, with the offensive line not being particularly good, with Le'Veon Bell now aging, now getting closer to 30 years old. I mean, all of these different factors sort of converge to say, like, can we really have a reason to be excited about Le'Veon Bell? We don't. I mean, are the Jets going to score a lot of points? I don't think anyone is currently on that train. I don't think a lot of people are currently thinking – that Adam Gase is trustworthy. We've seen him ruin plenty of players before, including Le'Veon Bell last year in some way, shape, or form. He had to have something to do with the 789 yards, even though Le'Veon Bell appeared in 15 games. I mean, again, there's you can make excuses all you want for why Le'Veon Bell didn't have a productive season last year, but without the targets, without him playing that sort of combination, wide receiver, running back role that he had in Pittsburgh, are we – you know, how, how excited can we get about the Jets starting running back, even if he had all the work again? I don't particularly think Bell is a fantastic pick. I'm sort of lukewarm. I would only take him if he fell really far, and that's usually not going to happen.
2: Gase also basically implied that, like, he didn't want Le'Veon Bell. Like, again. Yeah, that's not my guy. He's, he's here. I guess I'll, you know, I'll deal with it. Uh, was not terribly enthused about it. Uh, Bear, your thoughts on Bell around running back 20-ish, uh, 19, 20, 21, depending on where you're looking. Uh, is that about right? Do you see an upside where if everything falls his way, he could be a top eight running back or uh, maybe go the other way where it's, he can fall off the rails and be like, you know, just 40, 45, 50. He's being drafted too high you know, and people are still going off that name
4: brand. You know, they're in the, they're in the fifth round and wow, Le'Veon Bell is still available. So, you know, when you're playing underdog fantasy, you're going to be playing against a lot of uh, people that aren't as experienced as you guys are that, that watch these shows and put in the time and, You know, do projections and rankings, or even if you're listening to the show, there's just a lot of people that are going to see that name and and feel like they're getting good value on that. I go the other way, and there's just too many hurdles. And Jamino nailed it. You know, it starts with Adam Gase, who A doesn't like this guy, B doesn't know how to coach a football team. I could see him just giving Levy on the big F. U. And we're going to give Frank Gore 200 carries here. So you're really counting on receiving volume. And then what's the difference between him and? a Tariq Cohen, anything like that. If he's not going to get work as basically a receiver, he's got some more competition here as well. They bring in Perriman, earned in his back, healthy. Uh, you got Crowder that gets targets. Mims, we'll see what his role is. So all in all, it's not a good football team. Your running backs need to come from teams that can score some points. This is probably going to be a bottom 10 offense in the league. So just way too many hurdles, question marks, issues to to get excited about Le'Veon Bell. Again, if he falls... Far enough, fine. I have him at RB27. Uh, even at that point, I, I'm not overly excited about grabbing
2: him there. Jamina earlier you teased, you said you talked about tight ends, how that wasn't the tight end you're really looking for. Maybe, maybe one of these teams are, that are coming up, there's going to be a tight end you like. Is it quite possibly, maybe, Chris Herndon?
3: Well, I definitely do like Chris Herndon. I think he's a good – at least he was a good value in fantasy drafts. I have been seeing his ADP starting to creep up. I think that there are more people – on the idea that he could be a beneficial portion of this offense. And look, like if they're not able to successfully run the ball early downs and they are forced to get out and throw it a little bit here, Herndon's one of the primary weapons that actually has any experience with Sam Darnold here in this passing game. He had a slew of troubles in the last couple of years that have kept him off the field more than he should have been on there. But when you look at the raw talent profile size and what we've seen him accomplish when healthy, I think that there's a lot of reasons to start to like uh, the combination of Darnold to Chris Herndon I don't necessarily like Darwin as much, but I do like the tight end here. I think as long as he continues to get drafted in the deeper rounds, uh, he's definitely one of the guys you should have on your radar amongst that group. Uh, Jamina Herndon versus Doyle. I'm taking Herndon.
2: Beer?
4: Doyle slightly. I mean, let me go to the rankings. Yeah, I have Doyle ahead of him. But I, I Herndon's a guy I keep moving up, you know, and we forget how good he was uh, in that rookie season. I mean, this is a guy uh, that was pretty explosive. I mean, seventh in explosive plays and eighth in yards per route run that season among tight ends. So you know, it, it's, again, a question of the offense. I don't question the talent. It's certainly there, but can he stay healthy? And can this offense be even semi-functional to utilize that talent? So Doyle, I think, will be a, a safer pick. Herndon is a nice uh, upside, You know, one of those riskier plays, but uh, love the upside there. If he can stay healthy, I think a uh, big-time season, even in a
2: bad offense, is certainly possible here. Beer, can we give Darnold a pass last year for a season basically being derailed the first half, more or less, with the, with the mono? Uh, is this a bounce back here? He's still plenty young. You know, obviously big pedigree here. And, you know, you can get him really late amongst the quarterbacks. I'm seeing him going around 25 or so. Do you see any potential upside? I know the weapons aren't terribly appealing, but, you know, in in a, in a pinch, any, any, any interest in uh, Darnold? I can't give anybody a pass that sees ghosts so, uh, while they're playing
4: quarterback. AP and are out there. Right. So, I, I'm a, a little ahead of ADP. I'm quarterback 23. So, you know, again, it, it's it's just too many question marks. We go back to the same questions. The offensive line, the coaching staff. Uh, I don't mind the weaponry around him. We've seen some big games out of him. We've also seen him disappear. So, yes, we can give him a pass for last season, but how much can he improve on that is the question mark. So, I question the level of upside. I'd, I'd rather good shoot for a guy like Gardner Minshew who gives you some upside with his legs, uh, put up better numbers than people realize and go with a guy like
2: Darnold. All right. You may your thoughts on Darnold and bring his, uh, bring us receivers into the conversation. Crowder Perryman. Are we seeing value in this or it's kind of sort of about right. Market price is accurate.
3: Look, I, you look at just at all the, all, anything that you can put your arms around right now with the jets and it this doesn't seem like it's going to be a good team. And then you factor on, the fact that they have like the third toughest schedule based on Vegas implied team wins uh, coming into the season here. And you just look at up and down the division and say, where are the big games going to come in? And it starts to get tough to imagine Sam Darnold being one of the guys that's going to take you to the promised land in a best ball tournament, particularly since there are so many other options being drafted in the game, you know, deep into the draft that can probably give you a better chance at those massive, massive seasons. So I'm not particularly in love with Sam Darnold. And that trickles down to the pass catchers you know, you know, what does the bell curve look like for Jamison Crowder? He's going to, <laughs> you know, if you're looking for a player that potentially has some floor and full PPR formats, sure. I think that Jamison Crowder could be a steady. I think he could end up in your lineup plenty of times. I think that he'll probably be busy this season, but I don't know that he's going to have like a monster season to the point where he's ever going to completely smash his ADP. You know, you could probably make that case more easily for Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims, but, uh, Neither one of these guys has a high ADP right now, which makes them you know, appealing as late round dart throws in some stretch of the imagination. I would probably lean more towards Mims at this point because you can probably get him in like the 20th round or like one of the very last rounds, depending on where you're drafting. And Mims is the kind of guy that has like a pedigree, like on paper here, you know, closest comparable Chris Godwin on player profile or you know, massive 96 percentile speed score, massive catch radius, uh, you know, someone who if the Jets are really bad, like we think they are towards the end of the season, all of a sudden he's a roster differentiator. If you actually get to your playoffs and all of a sudden you've got a guy who's 6'3, 207 flying up and down the field, uh, potentially having a couple of spiked weeks that can really make a difference in what you're trying to do in one of these big tournaments. So Denzel Mims as a very last round type of a guy, I do have some interest in if you can get him there.
2: Yeah. Crowder's bell curve is more like uh, the equator more or less. Yeah. And not, not sexy, but fairly steady, I suppose. Which uh, I don't know if that's exactly what you want. I mean, those steady guys, I guess, are fine in best ball, but you need some guys that have those spike weeks as well. Uh, jump in here, Beer. Your favorite wide receiver uh, by default, if it has to be, uh, when you consider where you have to get him as far as the Jets?
4: It's definitely by default. You know, rankings wise, <laughs> I, I have Crowder ahead of the group, but cost wise, I think Perriman is the guy that can give you those explosive weeks. You know, we, yes, it took injuries for him to get on the field and make it happen, but uh, the pedigree is certainly there. First round pick. Uh, dad played in the league so I I know they signed him to a one-year deal uh, but I do think there's upside here I I like Mims I, I just don't know how quickly he's going to be able to acclimate to the league uh, rookie wide receivers and I hate to use the blanket because I think a few of them are in some pretty good spots Jalen Rager, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy uh, so there are guys I'm not avoiding them all but uh, again a bad offense uh, you know very limited reps with his quarterback Uh, it's worrisome. And, and Perriman doesn't have those reps either. And that's why his cost is discounted. So Perriman at cost Crowder is a guy feels more like if you shoot for the shoot for the moon with with a lot of risky receivers, you know, the, the Will Fullers of the world, and you're loaded up with that. Maybe you balance it out a little bit with with a nice floor from Crowder, but cash game play, you know, if we're going to use DFS (laughs) terminology and you're rarely playing Jamison Crowder in a tournament. So you know, maybe in a, a 12-teamer, a smaller league with your buddies, you need a nice floor play. Okay, you're shooting for the for the moon, hitting for the fences. Crowder just doesn't fit the build there.
2: All right, moving on. One of these teams has to be good. Well, uh, not this one. Jacksonville nope, Jaguars. mean <laughs> who, who made this list? Who's responsible for this?
3: We got to talk about all the teams, Dean. They're not all good. <laughs> so we crammed them all in
2: one episode. How about that? They're all in the association, have to acknowledge their existence. Well, there is one player that people like on Jacksonville, do you know? Uh DJ Shark going around, I, what I'm saying around wide receiver 20, give or take, depending on, I got to get a little more update on that, but uh, is that about right? You mentioned the ascending, you know, sexy receivers that are on the way up. Uh, DJ Shark, he fixed the bill. Uh, your thoughts as far as DJ, are you going to be uh, more so in depending on what it takes to get him or is it about right?
3: I mean, two seasons ago, hashtag team preseason, we were looking at DJ Shark and saying, oh, this guy's going to be a stud. He's going to absolutely get it done. Uh, year number one wasn't exactly what we had hoped for, but then he comes out last year, goes for 1,000 yards, 73 receptions with Gardner Minshew as the quarterback, you know, with a, with a team that was just pitiful. Uh, and, and look, it's going to be the same thing this season, but there's no reason to expect that DJ Shark is not going to be the number one option in this receiving game when you when you take a look around. They're, they're certainly not devoid of talent altogether. But this team is definitely going to be really, 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 really bad this season. And he's like the one bright spot that you can look to and say, well, you know, there's, there's going to be the opportunity we want in fantasy football. So we have to look upon that favorably. I'm ranking him below some other guys. So I'm not going to get to a lot of shark in my drafts, I don't think, because there are just similar types of talents with similar opportunities that available at the same cost that are probably going to prevent me from having him. But I'm not necessarily opposed to drafting DJ Shark. I think I would just in general prefer to target good NFL teams when I'm drafting my fantasy football teams and the Jaguars are not that.
4: Beer, your thoughts on Shark? I, I like him, but I, I kind of echo the sentiments as I have him behind, you know, some of the other – Guys that kind of fall in the same category, you know, the the the, the breakout type receivers. So uh, the the beauty of this team is they're going to be terrible. They're they're going to have to be throwing a ton. Uh, so that's one card that we can count on here. But I certainly like the talent. And, and you look around, and you know they have a, a cast of names. I'll say it. You know Westbrook, Conley. We'll see what Chenault's role is right off the bat. You know he should dominate the targets in this offense. But. Again, it's it's kind of like the McLaurin situation. Is he's also going to see hella coverage? Is because he's the only guy uh, and be the focus of the defense. So uh, it's kind of a two sided coin. But I, I do trust the targets. I like Gardner Minshew. I've already said that. So uh, Chark certainly a guy I think could finish a, as a solid wide receiver too this season. Shark versus Keenan Allen. Shark.
2: am Going with shark as well. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Minshew. As one of your, your dark quarterbacks, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts there? Uh, you know, Jimino, sure. Well, g- give me your thoughts as far as Minshew.
3: I think the Jaguars' defense is going to be so bad. You know, they're <laughs> not going to be able to cover anyone with one of the worst secondaries that you can find. I just think it's going to be very difficult for even when they're behind in games for Minshew to be throwing without duress. Now, he's got legs. He can move. He's got rushing floor. Uh, they're – are reasons to believe that in these best ball structures for the price point that you're going to pay for Gardner Minshew, that sure you can try to arrange a little Jaguar stack and try to, you know, sort of outpunch the field? with, I got I, I can't, even, I can't endorse this, Dean. I'm, I'm just not, a, <laughs> you're gonna I'm stop not,
2: yourself. Uh, in endorsement. I'm not, I
3: mean, I want to, I want to try to find the bright spot because I think I think he's fine. I just no, I'm, mean, you know, I'm going to, this is a hot take show. I'm going to take a stand. I'm not playing Gardner Minshew as much as everyone else is. Even if there is some upside here, I, I can see the light. That's where I was going, but
2: it's not for me. Beer, do you see the light or you're not, you won't stoop. Will you stoop? Will you endorse uh, Minshew? I absolutely will. I'll, I'll take the other <laughs> side of this. I mean, any guy that can,
4: can just scare the coronavirus away. You know, he, he said, it took one look at me and ran the other way. I, I want that it. guy on, on my team. So uh, you started to make the case for him Jamino and then you bailed. Don't don't be scared here. This is a guy was a top 10 quarterback through 9 weeks last season. The rushing floor is there. I mean, he was 5th in rushing at the quarterback position last season. Only played 14 games, was pulled out of some games, and when you put his numbers side by side with everybody's darling Kyler Murray, the numbers are very similar here. Oh, so, wow. I mean, yes, Arizona's going to be a much better offense, but I, and I hate to play the garbage time card here, but you get a defense that's bad. that's going to be throwing a lot, a guy that can run. You know, when you get down to this level of quarterbacks, I'd rather have him than, than pocket passer Kirk cousins, some Darnold, some of these other names that, that are down here, at least he gives you upside. He's already shown he can be a top 10 quarterback in this league. So I think he's one of the best values when you get down to that point at the quarterback position.
2: Uh, beer, we weren't terribly enthused about, uh, you know, the prospects of Le'Veon Bell, same deal with Leonard Fournette, just most people just, he seems like so three years ago, which seems like ten years ago, but uh, talk to me about Leonard Fournette, is uh, is he somebody that's falling to you, you're interested, or he's just like, nah, not for me, I'll pass, because it's, you know, the offense is a mess, and they might be passing the ball the entire second half, if they're getting absolutely blown out. What do you think of Fournette?
4: Bust! Bust, 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 City, I can't say it enough here, so... He really relied on volume last season. You know, a lot of targets in that offense. Chris Thompson's going to be involved. You know, very familiar with Gruden. I I don't think they brought him in for no reason. So, you take that volume away. We've already said this is a bad offense. So, I know he's due for some positive regression in the touchdown department. And it should have scored more touchdowns with all the touches he had last season. But a bad offense. uh, The touches coming down. The targets and receptions coming down. Another guy similar to Le'Veon Bell, where you see the name, you get excited about it. I don't want any Leonard Fournette this season. I'm zero. I'm bust. I'm done with him. Do you like Thompson more than Armstead? Uh, I mean, I I want to see how this works out. Neither guy or guys, I think you need to draft like an underdog format. Uh, even when you get to the last round, not overly exciting. If Thompson is that that passing downs back, maybe there's some value there. Just with, with the with the garbage time and his team being so bad, but. Those guys are so far down the list. I, I'm not even thinking
3: about them right now.
2: Jamino Bournette, thoughts? I don't like uh,
3: running backs who are potentially going to get cut from their team, who play <laughs> on offenses that don't score touchdowns, who have a- normal levels of targets in a season uh, last year that I don't think will necessarily be at quite the same level this season. I, I just I- – I don't – want to be associated with him if I have to pay anything at all for him I think everyone's draftable at the right price and I just I can't envision a lot of times where I'm going to be drafting Leonard Fournette in like the fifth sixth round which is probably where it's going to take for me to really be excited about I I know there's some people that are on this they're on the volume they're on the idea that volume trumps everything else in fantasy football and I understand that argument but just for me I think I can do better and I'm going to try
2: yeah. uh By the way, he's only twenty five. He's another guy. It seems like he should be way older. Just twenty five years old. It's like it seems. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't. Oh, he looks. He looks like he's sixty to begin with. <laughs> so that's part of the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, is there? Do you guys are you buying in uh, on the speculation that the Jaguars just trying to lose? And how does that matter? How does that factor in? Like they want to tank. Anybody have a thought in that?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's certainly got to, I mean, like Jamino said, they're trying to trade this guy that I think they would have took a bag of footballs for him and nobody wanted him. So, you know, are, are we still remembering the guy from LSU or, or you know, the, the volume really carried him last season and maybe it does again this year. And if I miss out on Leonard Fournette, I miss out on Leonard Fournette, but yeah, I mean, that's gotta be in the thinking, you know, they don't make any major moves here. They're going to roll with Gardner Minshew who I like for fantasy, but he is not a franchise level quarterback. So you know, the, the tank for Lawrence, for Fields, whoever ends up that number one pick. Uh, it's got to be in play here. This went from a, a team that defensively was very good. Now they're one of the worst teams in the league in, in the span of a few seasons. No quarterback. They don't want their running back. Uh, just, just just this team
2: is just a mess right now. Uh, Eifert, I'm guessing there's not a lot of interest. Uh, the wide receiver, two, three, mm-hmm. Conley, Westbrook, has darts. Anything for you, Beer? I think
4: Westbrook has some, some – you know, he's a, he's probably the underrated one here. If there is going to be another guy that emerges, I think it's him. I think eventually Laviska Chenault can, can be a weapon for this team, a guy basically a running back uh, in a wide receiver body. I mean, they, they, it, with a smart coaching staff, and I don't know that we have that here, uh, Chenault could be a weapon that, that you use all over the field. But do we get that in year one? Uh, he kind of falls in that group of rookie wide receivers I'm nervous about. Conley's just a guy to me can can give you a week or two where in a best ball lineup. Sure. You know, you can stack this team pretty easily, grab a Chark in in the fourth, fifth round, you get Minshew later on, maybe you tack on a Conley or or Westbrook to it. So that sense it's intriguing, but uh, all in all, none of these guys
2: really moved the needle for me. Jamito put a bow on the Jags. If
3: there's any reason the Jaguars surprise us on offense, it will be because all of the guys that you just talked about end up rising above their expectations for the season. You mentioned LaVisca Chenault coming in year one and doing damage. He's certainly got a profile of a player who could be productive in the league. I don't know if it's possible that we'll see that in year number one. But then the two tight ends, Tyler Eifert and Josh Oliver, uh, if you know if, if those guys come in and play really good football at that position, then all of a sudden your passing offense doesn't look as woeful as I think a lot of people are envisioning it to be. It's not just a one-man show with DJ Shark. When you you, you mentioned DG Westbrook and you mentioned uh, LaVisca Chanel, then you've got two tight ends who can play. And then suddenly, you know, maybe Uncle Len, you know, isn't the worst player in the league. You know, maybe maybe you know he's definitely not the worst running back in the league. So <laughs> if Minshew can come to play, th- those guys would be the reason that this team exceeds expectation. I still wouldn't draft any of them in these best ball formats, but I can see, you know, that these are actually really really respectable players and that this isn't necessarily a lock that they're never going to have any offense this year I'm just not betting on it
2: uh beer you can feel feel free to give your final thoughts as far as the Jags uh we're also going to move on and open up the Raiders the, the Las Vegas Raiders want to get all specific and technical and I think a good place to start I'm um, seeing these guys kind of next to each other we talked about Eckler uh Jacobs Eckler what say you, you, you one or the other they're basically the same guy as far as uh, ADP more or less Right now I have Jacobs
4: 14, Eckler 15, looking at my rankings and, and I may have to, to adjust that. I, I mean, I love Josh Jacobs, the player, and, and I really wish that they would utilize him more in the passing game. This, this is the guy that came into the league with that pedigree, shown the ability to do it, but they'd refuse to not give Jalen Rashard targets. They bring in Lynn Bowden uh, from Kentucky, who's kind of a Swiss army knife receiver out of the backfield. So As much as I want Josh Jacobs to be more involved, I just don't know what his involvement in the passing game is going to be. So he's kind of in that bucket with with Nick Chubb, uh, guys like that, that we we just don't know. Are they going to have enough receiving volume to carry a first-round tag? You know, if you get him later in the second, which, again, is not going to happen, I'm okay with it. But I just have too many concerns here with with Josh Jacobs. I do think this offense will be better, but uh, and a guy that can do a ton on the ground, but we know that receiving volume so important right now in fantasy and I just don't see him providing a ton there uh, in this offense
2: all right Jamino Jacobs versus Eckler he can catch the football
3: look with a guy like Austin Eckler he's pretty much ranked at something close to like the ceiling of what we're seeing we know what he's capable of there's not going to be a lot of situations where Eckler all of a sudden is a 10 touchdown rusher you know who's got like who does all his work on the ground but I think there is way more of a possibility that a guy like Jacobs, who is ranked with a lot of limitations in mind right now, could explode in the passing game, you know, in some scenarios. I'm not saying that's the most likely scenario. I'm saying that there is upside with Josh Jacobs, whereas I don't think there's more upside with Austin Eckler. He's got one of the very best offensive lines to work with on this team. You've, you know, you've got John Gruden as the head coach here, and I can just envision scenarios where Jacobs is so good you know, we've seen him bowling over people out there and being one of the, you know, the best yards created backs out there. You know, all of a sudden, Jacobs could just refuse to give the coaches a choice and play so well and keep himself on the field. So that's where I say I like Josh Jacobs a lot more than I like Austin Echo, just because of the upside. I, I am concerned about the way this organization sort of is treating the running back position. They're not willing to tell us flat out with their moves and their offseason acquisitions that they are willing to give Jacobs the primary role. But because I think it's in the range of outcomes, I have to like Jacobs better.
2: All right, let's talk about Darren Waller-Beer. Looks like he's around tight end five. It seems like he's like the back end of a tier that's basically him and Ertz, or it looks like they're around the same as far as ADP. Do you have a preference as far as Waller versus Ertz?
4: Uh, Right now Ertz, but this is that that same group. And I have Darren Waller tight end five, so I'm right in line uh, with ADP. But uh, this is that group of guys that, that if I missed out on those top guys, I'm not overly excited. I think the, the hate has gone a little far on Darren Waller. I certainly get the argument last year was pretty much the only show in town. Now they bring in all these guys, but are, are these guys going to dominate targets? You know, Derek Carr has a nice rapport with Darren Waller and he should have scored more touchdowns than he did with the volume he got. So uh positive touchdown regression coming. Yeah. Maybe the targets dip down a little bit, but I think he can be better, more dynamic as well. I expect this offense uh, to be better. So I don't hate Darren Waller. It's just a spot in the draft where I, I'm not going out of my way to, to draft him, if that makes sense. But uh, the hate on him, I think, has gone way too far.
2: Beer, Derek Carr versus the aforementioned Minshew. Minshew.
4: I mean, Whoa. he's got he's got the upside with his legs, no doubt. I mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I just Derek Carr to me is just a guy. I, I I don't see the upside here. Maybe again, if this offense is that much better, you know, when Ruggs comes in and provides a big play. Playmaker and, and Waller does what he did last season, and Jacobs is what he is. Maybe there's more upside in Derek Carr, but uh give me the guy that can run uh, in, in, a, in a yes, an offense that's not going to be great, but playing from behind then a, a pocket passer in Derek Carr that, that's never really put
2: outrageous numbers on the board. I, it just just a guy to me. Jimino, you almost drew up your mouth when you're kind of sort of somewhat endorsing Minchu and you stopped yourself. Can you do, can you possibly endorse Carr? Now you don't want a Carr because. Uh, you know he's not the best quarterback. We live in the world of a draft. You can't just have the best players. You gotta it goes in order, and you know uh, you gotta draft responsibly. And certain guys are gonna be gone by the time uh, Derek Carr comes up. Maybe you don't have a quarterback. You didn't prioritize it. Uh, Derek Carr versus Minshew. I pre- I presume you prefer Carr. That said, is Carr is there any upside there for him?
3: I don't think so. I'm not interested in investing in the Raiders' passing attack <laughs> per se as as an, which is really what you'd be doing if you were taking Derek Carr. I just, I don't think I have to do it. I think I can do better than both Minshew and Carr. So I'm not really looking to build a lot of teams with either one of these guys. I think the take that I really want to make sure that I crowbar in here is that I would rather lose at Underdog Fantasy in 2020 than draft Darren Waller. I I believe very strongly in this. I think that for, look, I actually think Darren Waller was fantastic last year. I feel like that if the opportunity if everything mirrored what we were what we saw last year again this year it would be difficult to make an argument for taking Darren Waller but just the three factors at play here are number one the production that we saw last year can it continue Beer mentioned it all the different guys that are coming in here the situation is changing we've got Henry Ruggs out there we've got all kinds of other playmakers now in the mix uh, in the receiving game where they were they were running out Zay Jones last year you know th- this wasn't exactly a world beating team. You know, Foster Moreau is going to be in year number two. They brought Jason Witten into the mix. Uh, there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen when it comes to distributing the offensive volume here. And I just don't think that you can reasonably give anywhere close to as much to what we saw last year to Waller, even though I think he'll be fine production-wise. But that brings in point number two, roster construction, where you have to take Darren Waller is just n- is not conducive to how I want to build a fantasy best ball roster. I'd rather take one of the fide studs like a Travis Kelsey and then you know, and then try to build later in the draft with a second tight end that's a, that's really, really cheap, then take a mid-round guy and, and stack on top of him another you know riskier tight end. You, know, you probably need to probably take three if you take Darren Waller. I don't think that you can consider him so good that you can get away with two tight ends. So roster construction-wise, I think it does you a disservice here. And I'm just not convinced that we'll see the exact same efficiency, even though he was one of the most efficient players. Forget tight ends in the league last year.
2: All right, let's bring in the receivers. Another the conversation there, kind of m- m- mentioned there. I pull up the pr- player profiler.com uh, as far as uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is his closest comp. 40 yard dash, 100 is his <laughs> 100th uh, percentile. He's fast. Uh, his speed score is what, uh, one, 90th percentile, and his burst score is 97th. Oakland likes those fast receivers they always have. Uh, how does that translate for you, Beer, though? Uh, you don't get any fancy points just for being fast. Uh, running, you know, uh, what, what's that? God, what's the – I'm so out of football right now. I was just trying to think of the route. What's the name of the route we just go straight down the field? Fire route, Dean. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dino. We'll get you in the football I have, mode I here. have basketball and baseball on my brain and football as well too. I like got a sport overload. Uh, all right. Uh, talking about the receivers here. Bring in the gazelle as well. I think
4: the days of the gazelle are done. Unfortunately, it it was fun for a while there, but, uh, this is a pretty crowded room now, or last year he was really the only show in town. So uh, really tough to go there. I think the best thing about Henry Ruggs is is his basketball highlight videos on YouTube. I mean, that, that's something uh, to behold. How well does this translate uh, to the NFL? I have my question marks and you know, he's, he's being, uh, pigeonholed as this guy that can only go deep and I think there is more to his game but does he step in right away and become an alpha when he couldn't do that at the University of Alabama Uh, you have to question that and and I know he was a high pick but uh, I don't know that he's going to be a guy that I want on my teams the guy I really like here the other rookie they drafted is Brian Edwards who to me is very pro ready I mean, this is a guy that uh, pretty much was on par or better than Debo Samuel at, at their time in South Carolina and I uh, dealt with some injuries and, and some bad bad quarterback play there towards the end, but I feel like this is a guy that can come in and provide right away. Now, does he give you a ceiling? No, I don't think anybody in this offense can really give you a ceiling outside of maybe Josh Jacobs, but uh, later on in the draft, down in the, the 17th, 18th round, I think he will have a role. The question is, is it, is it from day one or does it take a while? And with COVID, we may not have a while, so those are the issues. But uh, all in all, in longer term, down the line – Stash that name away. If you start to hear good things about him, I'm a big fan of Brian Edwards.
3: Do
2: you mean your take as far as the receiving core? Ruggs is
3: my favorite of these guys. I understand we're, we're coming from here with Brian Edwards, but I just, I just feel like because of the draft capital invested, he's going to be on the field. Day one, they're talking about moving around the formation, getting him actively involved. I think that with the offensive line creating plenty of time uh, for Derek Carr, there will be both opportunities for him to work underneath in the short and intermediate area and get Yak. And there'll be also opportunities for him to take some deep shots with Rugs and his speed. So I do think that if if we're talking about which guy do I prefer of this receiving core, I think Ruggs has got the highest floor and the highest ceiling.
2: Jameen, I know the answer to one of these questions, the player you're most likely to draft here and the player you're least likely to draft in Oakland. I'm
3: definitely least likely to draft Aaron Waller. Yes. And I'm most likely to draft Josh Jacobs. Same question, beer. Uh,
4: I guess it's Jacobs begrudgingly, uh, least likely to draft is Derek Carr.
2: All right, let's move on to the best team amongst, well, one of the best uh, Detroit Lions are up next. Uh, Stafford is recovering from COVID. You guys have an update on that. I believe, uh, he was on the COVID list. We're going to work under the assumption that he's going to be fine. I suppose, uh, any interest in Stafford is kind of a, what what was it? 12, 13, 14. Is that where he's going? Is that about right for your beer? Yeah, I mean, I I like him better than
4: ADP. This is a team that that I do really like and, and very very stackable team here with the Lions. So Stafford's test was a false positive, so so we can put okay. that to bed. No worries there; he's fine. Uh, but the beauty of this offense is we know where the ball's going. We know it's Kenny Galladay. It's Marvin Jones, who I think is one of the most underrated receivers. Uh, in this year's fantasy leagues. I mean, there's no reason the gap should be so high between Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. When they're on the field together, the numbers are very comparable. So Marvin Jones vastly underrated here, but Stafford was putting up, he was on pace for 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns last season. If you run the full season through, and I know it's something some people hate, but the numbers were there ranked fourth in fantasy points per game in the games that he did play. So was very good with, with Daryl Bevel at the controls, and that was a concern going into the season. But uh, this is an offense I think can be much better than people realize. You bring in DeAndre Swift, you got a two-headed monster there with Carrion Johnson, who I don't think is done either. Uh, I, I like Stafford a ton. I, I think he's one of the best in that range of quarterbacks. I think he has a lot of upside
2: on that price tag. All right, Jamino, your thoughts as far as Stafford, then bringing the yeah the difference between Galladay versus Marvin Jones and. You know, when you consider where you have to take him, who are you more likely to draft? Galladay around eight or so. Marvin Jones, where is he going, beer around 30? Uh, that sounds about right. And, again, there,
4: there's tremendous value on that. You know, and, again, it's not an exciting name, Marvin Jones, but he, he might even be later than that. He, he might be in the 40s of ADP.
3: All right, uh, your thoughts here, Jimena? Here's what you do if you find yourself in a relatively late-round turn and you've only got one quarterback, or maybe you might not have any quarterbacks yet you go ahead and you, if you can find both Marvin Jones and Matthew Stafford available on that turn, take them both. And then if you can get T.J. Hawkinson either the round before or the round after those guys, you make that three-man stack and you make your best ball playoffs. I think that, you know, Beer said it best. The offense is going to be very consolidated. You know, we saw the end of last year, we didn't even have Stafford in play. And that was right up you know, like Thanksgiving time when I think Hawkinson got hurt. You know, we, we didn't really get to see the upside that this offense truly has with all three of those, you know, big bodied studs available uh, and, and and really, you know, ramped up, you know, Hawkinson was rookie last year. I think when we come into year two, we can expect more from him. So that leads me to talking about Stafford. I think he's definitely one of the upside options you should be looking to target. I think there's some other guys that I'm, I'm favoring just like ever so slightly more, but it's close. And I, I think that I want to build plenty of teams with the lions